Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome into the Thursday, December the 14th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, you guys are stuck with me and me only, as there is no guest on today's program. The normal schedule was a bit disrupted this week, but we are taking a deep dive into Monday's shocking win over the New England Patriots. We get into everything from the stats. I digested all the film and the numbers. We're going to talk about all of that. And two short weeks ago, we were talking about draft positioning, tanking the season, and how the 2017 season was completely over. But now, after two wins, here we are, ready to talk a little bit about... Uh, Playoffs? Talking about playoffs here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, we'll break down the scenarios the Dolphins need to have go their way in order to get back into the playoffs for the second straight year. But before any of that, I got to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Give us a nice five-star rating. Give us a nice little review. It helps the podcast grow and get out to more Dolphins. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. You can follow the show at LockdownFins. And of course, for all your written Dolphins content needs, check out LockdownDolphins.com. And of course, the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And let's go ahead and jump right into this film review and talk about some of the stuff we saw from the game on Monday and looking at the All-22 tape. Like again, you guys can check out all the GIFs and cut-ups that I put on Twitter this week. I'm finished with everything on offense and defense. There's about 50-plus GIFs out there for you guys to digest. Take a look at some of the guys that had good performances and bad performances. We'll go ahead and talk about it on the show here. And we're going to start with the, the offensive side of the football and the coaching that happened in that game on Monday and kind of Gase's ability to adapt his offense and kind of bringing out this new age offense we thought we were going to get with Adam Gaze. Took him a while to start dialing it up, but I think that he maybe has a little bit more comfortability with himself and his his staff and his players because he called a hell of a game on Monday, going with a lot of different variations, different formations, and different looks. And I think the number one thing that I've noticed more than anything lately is how well he has gotten Jay Cutler to play. And that's kind of been his forte throughout his career, getting offense or getting quarterbacks to play at a higher level than they're used to. And that's what we saw with Jay Cutler. He was on time. He was in command of the offense. He was accurate. He escaped a couple of pressures and did a really good job on offense with all that stuff. So great job from the coaching staff on offense. Great job from the quarterback. Jay Cutler has his best game of the year posting a 112.1 passer rate. I know he had better than that against the Raiders, but this game I thought was much better from a just film standpoint and the way he controlled the football game. And speaking of stats, running back Kenyon Drake goes off for 114 yards on the ground. He catches another 79 yards through the air. So a big, big day for Kenyon Drake. And just the film backed it up entirely. He was making guys miss in the backfield. I talked about the versatility he offers and the ability to run different types of looks, different creative running schemes. And he really gave the Dolphins that look on Monday night against the Patriots. And his ability to kind of flex out wide and be a mismatch for the defense. Just a fantastic looking player. And I can't wait to see more of what he can do and his expanded role as he actually got the majority of the workload at running back as he is on the field for 66 of the Dolphins' 73 offensive plays. A fantastic number for him and the offensive line as well. All five starters went the distance playing 73 snaps each. Mike Pouncey and Ted Larson, they're the culprits of this bad offensive line right now. They are not playing well. Surprising to say that Sam Young, the right tackle, has been one of the better guys along the offensive line. Laramie Tunzel continues to come along. He has looked great in pass protection, and he's running the ball better. A lot of the Dolphins' good runs have come off that left side of the offensive line. I should say his run blocking is better, and he's doing a good job out there at left tackle. And I think the best lineman right now on the Dolphins' team is crazy to say is Jesse Davis, right guard, who has just played... 
I don't even know how many games it is now. Three, four games in a row of just really, really good football. He's consistent and pass pro. He can pull, gets out in the open. He can he can play in a phone booth and, and block short yardage and do all that kind of stuff you like from there, from him there. So another great game from Jesse Davis. The receivers, they had themselves a good game. Jarvis Landry gets 66 reps. Kenny Steele gets 61. Devontae Parker gets 61. And then you got Jakeem Grant coming up with nine reps. He gets a couple of looks. And Leontay Carew got one rep. So the receivers, the, the balance is pretty much the same as it's been all year. But Jakeem Grant works himself into the into a role where he's getting more looks and more touches. And Adam Gaze intimated this in his press conference, his press his media availability on Tuesday, talking about how Jakeem Grant has these packages built in for him. They just haven't had the right time to put it in into a game situation which I find kind of weird. I don't really know what he means by that, but they, I guess they had the opportunity to present itself this game and he, he put him out there and he performed, almost had the game, uh, the, the, the touchdown that would have put the game away, made it a runaway game. He didn't quite come up with it, but the one touchdown catch was very impressive. So receiver play all around was pretty impressive in this game. And on last week's podcast, or episode on last week's podcast, I talked about the receiving stats and kind of how Kenny Stills has been the most consistent performer, how Devontae Parker's stats are way off and way down, and Jarvis Landry is kind of right in the middle somewhere. Well, Jarvis Landry caught all eight of his targets, eight catches on eight targets, so 100% catch rate, just 46 yards, a very low yards per catch average, but the two touchdowns, obviously a big deal. Kenny Stills was targeted four times on the game, caught just two of them for 18 yards. So not a lot of production from the receivers in this game. Devontae Parker catches four of his six targets for 40 yards. The two targets he didn't catch were drops. So not a great game from Devontae Parker again, but the receiver, the running backs, the tight ends, they were the ones that contributed big time in this game. Kenyon Drake, I mentioned the 79 receiving yards that came on five catches for on six targets, 47, the long one there. So a lot of mixed production. The Dolphins, let's go. Kenyon Drake, 79 yards. Marquise Gray, 10. Jarvis Landry, 46. Jakeem Grant, 42. Parker, 40. Kenny Stills, 18. Anthony Fasano, 17. And Julius Thomas had 11 yards on two catches. So the wealth was spread throughout the entire offense. They did a great job of using matchups and kind of like they kind of Bill Belichicked Bill Belichick by using these different guys in different formations and different personnel groupings, all the stuff I've already talked about. So a very well-rounded performance on the offense for the Miami Dolphins. I think there's still some things you can clean up on offense, and that was apparent on tape. A couple of misreads, a couple of missed shots. Jay Cutler missed a potential touchdown to Kenny Stills early in the game. Obviously, we had the Jakeem Grant drop. There was a couple of penalties. Mike Pouncey gets called for a hold. So there are still things to clean up, and this offense could really, really take off if they just clean those things up and maybe add a couple more pieces to that side of the ball. As far as stats go on offense for this game, the Dolphins piled up 21 first downs. They ran the ball for 120 yards on 30 carries, so a very impressive performance there. Two sacks for 21 yards. They, they put up a total of 362 yards to the New England Patriots, 248. They had eight penalties in the game. Third down conversions, just four for 14, so not a great day on third downs, but they did possess the ball for 36 minutes and nine seconds. So the offense got the better of the Patriots for the most part in this game, but like I said, there was opportunities there to make it a lot more lopsided than the actual score was. And then lastly, before we move on to the defensive side of the ball, the Dolphins' numbers for the season, especially on offense, have really made a good jump the last couple of weeks. The passing offense at 210 yards per game has climbed all the way up to 19th in the NFL, believe it or not. What a crazy jump that is. If you look at the yards per attempt, that hasn't gone up so much. They are actually 27th, no, excuse me, 26th in the league at 6.3 yards per attempt, so still quite a ways off the 7-yard pace you want to be at to be middle of the Packer betters, but that number is getting better each week, and it should only continue to grow as this offense finds more familiarity with one another and kind of gets further into this, even though we only have three games left. It just seems like there's a sense of this team kind of clicking right now, which is great to see. As far as the rushing offense, still not great either. 29th in the NFL at 87.4 yards per game, and then if you go to the scoring offense for the Dolphins, their points per game total right now is at 18.2, which is 24th in the NFL. So improvements made across the board, still not great, but they are getting a lot better. 
We're going to get to the defensive side of the football, the film review, as well as the stats for this game on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. So plenty more to get to here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And as we flip it over to the other side of the football now and look at Matt Burke's defense, that was the number one thing I took away from this game was the defense's ability to kind of work with different looks and different exotic blitzes and different packages, different coverages on defense. And Matt Burke really had his best game of the year. He is very well-versed in the wide nine defense. I think his vision kind of came together in this game. I talked to Joe Shad a couple weeks ago about how the Dolphins' mantra of the season has been, my bad, I thought you had him in regards to the communication breakdowns that were happening over and over and over again with the cornerbacks and the safeties. Lack of pass rush, not getting it done with that big salary up front, not really getting their production for the salary they paid for him. But Matt Burke's defense really took off in this game. I think the number one thing I can look at at that was the secondary and their communication. First of all, you have TJ McDonald and Rashad Jones are playing fantastic together. I'll go ahead and do the safeties first real quick. TJ McDonald has been fantastic the last few games and his ability to both support the run, blitz off the edge and play a little bit of coverage as well. He has been great. And then Rashad Jones and him seem to really be syncing up. I think that entire communication on that back end in the secondary, we all know that Xavier Howard's playing terrific out of his mind right now. He was in Brandon Cook's pocket the entire night, could not shake him to save his life. Two picks again, a fantastic game from Xavier Howard, picking off Tom Brady twice. Bobby McCain continues to look like a great player, a great slot corner at this point. He is just having another fantastic game in a fantastic season, and that continued in this game. And one of the things I saw was they disguised those man coverages, or zone coverages, I should say, with man looks, where they get up and press the line of scrimmage, and they did it for much of the night with Alteron Werner, Howard, and McCain, and they press, and then there was a couple of plays where they would draw back and bail out and show zone. One was a cover three down in the red zone where Xavier Howard was pressing up front, and then he bails out at the snap, gets back, and passes his man off, and there is Bobby McCain, in the slot, who flipped his hips like he's going back into man, and he jumps right into that hook zone and takes the man that Howard had passed off. So it's almost like in basketball when you have to pass your man off to the next zone. Same thing in football, and these guys are starting to get it. It looks a lot cleaner. It looks like a lot tougher for the quarterback to find passing lanes, challenging routes early, playing well and communicating well, and that was kind of the theme of defense on this day. And the back four, the back five, whatever you want to call the defensive backs, they played fantastic in this game. Cannot ask for a lot more. If you look at the front line, the defensive line, they played well again in this game. Jordan Phillips and Devon Godshaw are the two guys I want to call out first because these are guys that were supposed to be rotational, maybe guys that could chip in here and there, but they were pretty dominant in this game once again. Jordan Phillips, his pass rush, when he gets it right, he gets it right. That guy can move laterally. He can disrupt the passing game and get in Tom Brady's face. He's a big factor in these Patriots games when he's playing well. And then Devon Godshaw has been a great run defender all year, but he started chipping in with pass with some pass rushing in this game as well. He got into Tom Brady's face once as well. But he also had a play that I was super impressed by because the Patriots ran these trap wham blocks where the fullback kind of came across the formation and they would let Godshaw get through. And he was thinking, okay, I'm I'm unblocked. I'm going to have a chance to tackle. And the fullback would come in and erase him. And it only took him one time to learn that play and recognize it. And he got off that block from the fullback and made a play on the football. So he's a very heady player, a very smart young man, and he's getting the job done right now. Charles Harris, I put him down because he is coming on and that sack production will eventually get here. It's just not here yet, but just be patient. It's coming. He will do it. He is getting pressure. His pass rush moves are very good. He has a good get off, a good burst. Just be patient with him. He's coming along. Cam Wake was so close on so many plays and they had to account for him all game with chips and double teams, just dominant like he normally is. And then Dominic and Sue, all I put was dominant again. I mean, it's, it's the same story with that guy. He's always dominating games and he had a little bit of a slump there with a the knee injury, but it looks like he's back in full strength and, and just kicking butt once 
once again from the first play of this game. He was in the backfield disrupting stuff. So defensive line, another good performance from them, getting pressure on Brady early and often. And you go back to the linebackers, Kiko Alonso. This was his best game of the year, pulling hit the trigger on some decisive run fits. His angles were good. He diagnosed well. I thought Chase Allen had himself a nice little game. Stephon Anthony, you know, you can see the athleticism there with him, but I just don't think it's clicking for him quite yet. He might have to get some more time in this defense. This is a new defense, a new scheme for him. He's just now starting to get on the field the last month or so, and I think that they can get him more reps and get him comfortable and get him in a position where he can contribute next year and be a guy that actually chips in, whether it's on special teams or in sub packages. But he's a guy that should be a player for this team, hopefully in the future, just not quite there yet. And just to kind of come over some of the rep counts from the defense, because I think there's not really a point of going into tackles and interceptions and sacks, that type of number for you guys. In this individual game, I think snap counts can give you a good idea. McDonald, Sue, Alonzo, and Jones all played 100% of the snaps, all 61 snaps. The Dolphins out-snapped the Patriots 61-73 to or 73-61, however you want to say it. Bobby McCain misses just one snap. He plays 60. Xavier Howard gets 60 reps. Alteron Werner gets 50. Andre Branch gets 50. Lawrence Timmons gets 50. Cam Wake, 41. Jordan Phillips, 38. Devon Godshaw, 28. And then Charles Harris, 22. And then it gets really low from there. But a bunch of guys getting reps, a bunch of rotational players. And they played fantastic together. I love these packages they came out with. They just played a great game. And the stats on the day for the defense, at least the Patriots totals, that's where it was pretty impressive, I thought, for the Dolphins in this game. Patriots get just 14 first downs. You guys all know they were 0 for 10 on third down conversions. And they look at their running games. Their running game, they had just 25 yards on 10 carries. So a very paltry 2.5 yards per carry. They took two sacks on the day. Total yardage again, just 248 for a powerhouse like the Patriots. A fantastic effort from the Dolphins in this one. Just dominating the Patriots on both sides of the ball. And real quick before we get to the last part of the episode here, let's let's take a look at some of the Dolphins' season stats on defense now. The Dolphins' run defense is now 17th in the NFL at 109.5 yards per game, but their yards per rush average is at 4.2, which is 21st in the NFL, so not quite as good there. Looking at the pass defense, they are actually 14th in the NFL in that regard, so getting better from that aspect. And then in scoring defense, the Dolphins at 24.5 points per game, are 26th in the NFL. So that's your film review, your stat review. This is a Locked On Dolphins podcast. We're going to come back with some playoff talk and talking about some potential for the Dolphins to get back into the postseason for the second straight year. That'd be the first time since the Dan Marino era. We'll talk about that here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. And just before we talk about the playoff push for the Dolphins, let's talk about your playoff push with mybookie.ag. The holiday seasons are coming up and you need holiday cash and I know where to get it. Mybookie.ag is the place to score some serious cash on your sports predictions. Believe it or not, the holidays are coming up around the corner just two weeks out. And while that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, it also means there's lots of football, basketball, hockey, every sport you can imagine to score big on every day. You have all the options to play from the money line, pick a side or total. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. You guys know by now that where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money betting on the games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site that I would recommend to my listeners. I trust them, but don't take my word for it. Take Check them out yourselves. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on the go a total breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And before we get out of here for the show today, I want to talk about one last thing. We are, of course, talking about... Playoffs. That's what we're talking about. Jim Morris said it best. That's a fantastic video on YouTube. DJ Steve Porter, Press Hop. 
looking at a bunch of famous press conferences and talking about the playoff press conference, which we are going to talk about now, the playoff scenarios for the Miami Dolphins. It all starts with winning all three games. Can the Dolphins do it? I don't know yet. That's that's That has yet to be seen, so we'll get to that. I, I think I want to start talking about the playoffs if they beat Buffalo in Buffalo. And if you guys listened to the show yesterday with Chris and Drew from the Rock Power Report, you guys know that I think Miami will win this game against the Buffalo Bills. I think Tyrod Taylor's going to be limited in what he can do as far as being a mobile quarterback. Dolphins got to handle him and LaShawn McCoy, and the, the rest will take care of itself up in Buffalo. So Dolphins figured to have a good shot to win that game. The KC games, then Buffalo with maybe a healthy Tyrod Taylor might be more of a challenge. But if they get to 9-7, and seven, they have a great shot because the Chargers and Chiefs play each other on Saturday. That's a pretty big game. I guess in the context that you hope the Chiefs maybe win so they're not so feeling such a sense of urgency in that Week 16 game against Miami. But one of those two teams will, no- will knock the other out, so the Dolphins should be okay in that regard. And again, they beat the Chargers, and if they go 9-7, which we ha- they have to do to get to the playoffs, they will have beaten the Chiefs as well. So I think both those teams could be dismissed. The Baltimore Ravens, they figured to get a spot, I think, one way or the other. I don't really know that they'll lose any of these final three games. They have some easy games with the Browns coming up and the Bengals. So they figured to be okay in getting one of those playoff spots. The Tennessee Titans have been fading. They're 8-5, and five and they're kind of like a really even worse version of what the Dolphins were last year, kind of getting lucky late in games and, and finding ways to win because they just aren't a very good football team, and they're really fading. And Marcus Mariota has a, I think, knee injury right now, so he's kind of ailing with that. Without him, they are a really, really bad football team. So they have some tough games down the stretch with the Jaguars. They play the Niners this week. I think that's a game they could lose because of Jimmy Garoppolo. But with the Jaguars, they could lose that game, and, and then the Dolphins could find a way into the postseason there. The Buffalo Bills, of course, you guys know we play them twice out of the last three games. So if the Dolphins sweep the Bills, they will that will remove the Bills from the playoff conversation. And then the Oakland Raiders have to win out as well to beat our 9-7 record, our hypothetical 9-7 record. And they have games against the Eagles, Cowboys, and also the Chargers too. So the Raiders have a rough, a rough road. I lied to you guys about the Titans. They have the Niners as well as the Jaguars, like I mentioned. But they also have a game in there against the Los Angeles Rams is their other tough game that I forgot about. So if the Dolphins get 9-7, I think there's a really good chance they do get into the playoffs. So the door is open. Let's see if it can make it happen. We'll call that a show for today, and we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a 7-7 Miami Dolphins team after they beat the Buffalo Bills up in Orchard Park in Buffalo. And that'll do it for today's show, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at LockedOnFins. And, of course, follow Locked On NFL on Twitter to get all your feed from all the Locked On Sports podcast network. Of course, the Facebook page as well. Check that out. And, of course, check out LockedOnDolphins.com. Be back on Monday with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast presented by MyBookie.ag, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football.